I ask not only on behalf of these, but also on behalf of those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one. I speak to you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We are living in a time when thoughts and prayers are ridiculed as useless, as an easy sidestepping of any action. After every shooting now, and as we face the most recent in Virginia, people tweet and post that we don't need the thoughts and prayers of politicians. We need their action to pass sensible gun laws. And they're right. Prayer with no intention to try to change a horrible situation is magical thinking. But that does not make prayer a sop, nor a feint to distract people from current pain. Sincere prayer is necessary, though sometimes awkward and weird and a little messy. The prayer I'm talking about is not our ideal vision of prayer where we sit calmly on a cushion communing with our maker. I'm talking about nitty-gritty prayer. Praying because I've got no choice. Praying with someone because things are hard and that's all we can do right now kind of prayer. Praying in front of and with others can be fraught. Too often it can feel like the person praying is struggling to perform, to impress with words. And yet, and yet, I continue to be amazed at the power of praying with and for others. When people ask me to pray for them or for someone or something in their lives, I almost always try to pray right then and there with them, rather than acting like I'm putting it on my secret prayer to-do list for later. It often surprises people when I say, let's pray right now, but it is almost always vulnerable and tender that you allow me to pray with you is one of the most amazing privileges of being a priest when you trust me with your hurt and pain, your good news and joy, and then let me hold your hand or put a hand on your shoulder and pray with you. Though praying with and for another is not the unique province of priests, we get asked to pray often, and there is nothing more special or intimate than visiting you in the hospital or at home when you're ill and anointing you with oil and praying for healing or praying with you for a loved one who is dying or praying with you as you are dying or praying with you in my office after you've shared a hard thing. And I know that when I allow others to lay their hands on me, pray for me, I can feel stripped naked, even as I also feel held in love 
Sometimes this intimacy, this vulnerability can be almost more than we can bear and sometimes words fail me and I worry that I won't pray for what you need. Sometimes when others have prayed for me, I've felt so bare and vulnerable I can hardly stand it. Yet, yet we ask for people's prayers and we promise to pray for one another all the time because we know it matters even if it's uncomfortable. And that's what we see today in the gospel. Jesus praying with and for others. He has just eaten the Passover meal with his disciples, washed their feet, and taught them about who he is, the way, the truth, the life. He's encouraged them to love one another. He tells them they are no longer servants, but friends. But Jesus also knows that the time is coming, and soon, when they will scatter in fear after his arrest, when they will deny and desert him. In the face of all of that, in the face of loss and fear, Jesus does the one thing left. He prays. He prays. What else could he do? He'd taught all that he could. He'd performed miracles. He'd loved and fed. And still it was going to end in death and in leaving his disciples and them leaving him. So he prays. He prays what is known as the high priestly prayer, also known as the other Lord's prayer, since the one we pray day in and day out is not found in John's gospel. Rather, this prayer is the example that Jesus gives. And he prays for us, we who believe because of the witness of those disciples. It's a pretty dense prayer. It can be hard to follow, and it can sound like Jesus is teaching or commanding us to be one with one another, one with him, one with the creator. But it's not a teaching. It's not a commandment. It's a prayer. It's the prayer of one man praying for his friends whom he loves. One of the most powerful experiences of prayer I have ever had was at an ecumenical prayer service where people were stationed at different parts of the chapel to pray with whomever came forward. I had been going through a rough patch. I won't go into the details, but I was beginning to feel forgotten by God. So I went forward to one of the chaplains, a young woman from the missionary Baptist tradition I said a few words to her, and then I just leaned into her, and she prayed. She prayed, lifting me up on her words, supporting me with scripture, and during that time we were outside space and time. It was just her and me and God. All my burdens lifted from me. She carried them and then she handed them over to God. I was not alone. I was loved. 
That's what Jesus is doing here. He's praying for his friends. He's lifting them up because he knows that they will soon face desperation and fear. And in doing so, he says to them and to us, you don't have to do it all. You're not alone. You are loved by the Father as I am. And Jesus isn't just praying for them as he prays. He asks not only on behalf of these, but also on behalf of those who will believe in me. And that's us now, you and me. He prays that we will be one just as he and the Father are one. He's praying for us to be whole, to be whole, to be peaceful, to have peace. And then finally, Jesus ends his prayer by praying that if we are one, we and the whole world will know that God the Father loves us as much as he loves Jesus the Son. Jesus prays. He prays. He prays for us. And he prays that we will have unity, that we will be whole, that we will know God's love. Where do you need to be whole? Where does our world need wholeness? Where do you need more love? Where does the world know that Jesus is praying for you, for us, for the wholeness, the peace, the love that you, that we need? Beloved, on this last Sunday of Eastertide, the Sunday after the Ascension, 2,000 years after God became incarnate and Jesus walked among us, be assured that Christ is still praying for you, for us, for the world. Dear God, I am asking you, protect my friends, make them whole, give them peace, and let them know your love. That's what he prays. Beloved, we're not alone. We do not have to carry our burdens by ourselves. God longs for us to be united one to another. We are loved. Jesus himself prayed that it would be so. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.